Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. I think I think we got it now. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon your voice will settle in and we can just have one stock recording of this that we can just use and be done. Uh, uh, pretty, pretty soon, that's a relative term, right? Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> so, you were, so, you were yeah. about to say... Oh, number two child had another IEP this week. He did. Yes. He had new qualifications for services. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the school will service him. Please. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to learn to read. He really does. He really does. So, and, and, uh, and it's not his fault that he can only recognize 10 out of 26 letters. Some days he can get 12 or 15, but it, it seems like if he concentrates hard, I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, we had an IEP. We did have an IEP. Yes. Individualized Education uh, Program, I think, is what that stands for. It's how they help the kids who need help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And our boys need help. They do. <laughs> they do. And I think the reason that you said you wanted to talk about this was to clarify, because we, we make some awful jokes about our kids sometimes, because we cope with humor, and we don't mean to say awful, evil, dark things about our children. We, we just say awful, evil, dark things about life, because we're coping. Yes. Yeah, probably, you know, ideally you could say cheerful things, but... Apparently... We like to be realistic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, lots of people have their buried um, twist of humor, whether it's their job or, or some other thing they're coping with. So that that's ours. And yes. I, I wanted to clarify that because it's not a joking matter. Mental health is not a joking matter in and of itself. And whether or not one of the kids is struggling or so supposedly suicidal... And su being suicidal is not something to joke about. No. But when the kid says to you, in response to, are you going to harm yourself? Or do I need to take you to the hospital right now? When his response is, well, and he looks at the clock, actually, I was hoping to be in bed by now. Y you know. Then, then it's hard to take the previous statement seriously. Yeah, so... Just keeping that in perspective. And, and of course, the evaluations at, at a hospital, when we have dragged him there, have been like, please just take him home. He's going to get in more trouble here than anything else. Yes. <clears throat> so we have that, and we don't take it lightly, but we need our dark humor to manage the dark situation. Yes. And uh, we do address it properly. We, we take do. Him, take, take him to the hospital. We have IEPs. We manage our children as is appropriate, and then we say awful things behind their backs so that we can laugh at them. Try not to think about what our parents had to say behind our backs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> so, like, what are some of the things that we've been doing lately to manage those kids? What are... I think most parents, when dealing with a, a kid who has a pants full of crap are swearing under their breath. Yes. At some point. Uh-huh. We we make jokes that they can't hear because we don't want them to feel badly and 
especially number two child, his ability to understand what you're saying and his sensitivity about being made fun of, even if you're saying something perfectly nice. You um, look handsome today. Don't call me that. Yes. So, um, we try to make each other laugh. We do. Yes. We do. Because when you're cleaning up your third pants full of six-year-old crap for the day, you need to laugh. You said that in an order like I like I talk. <laughs> Am I surprised that somebody else can do that? It comes naturally for me, but... <clears throat> um, right. <laughs> and I think it's it's easy to joke about and just sort of be silly, but I think to put a little bit of a finer detail on exactly what it is that we deal with with these kids on a regular basis, I think. You know, I mean, it's not just messing his pants at six years old. It's, you know, going... There's a lot of challenges that he has. Yes. Um, and... He... Yeah. Gets violent, throws things, breaks things. At six years old, threatens to shoot me in the face. Yeah. And And as we mentioned to the teachers... We don't let our children watch violent shows. Okay, cartoons are violent, but they always have been. But yeah. not not that not in that way. And and I mean even things like Dragon Ball Z or uh, GI Joe, we don't watch those cartoons. No, we're selective about what they watch because of him, especially. Yes, average kids could probably process that difference between reality and TV. Right, and this. This is a child who I had to take away his toy guns, most of which were just toys. But when he gets mad at his brother and goes in his room and gets a gun and comes back and shoots his brother in the head, all the guns have to go in the garage. And we don't play with those because that's not, you know, for him, it's not the same kind of joke or toy at that moment. He's very angry and um, it's... We don't want him to de develop a, a bad habit of coping by selecting violence. No. And he he doesn't make the connections with the reality and the consequences of those choices in that moment. And no, he's not capable. Developmentally, he's, he's not capable. No, and so. he's he had kind of boiled our frog for a while. Yeah, and checking all the little boxes on the things the school psychologist sent home gives you a big reality check of, oh, I deal with this every day, and that's wrong. Yeah, let's back up for a second. So, first off, boiling a frog, what does that mean, dear? Uh, that means you put the frog in the water, and you turn the water on, and the frog gradually gets boiled, but doesn't notice the water's getting warmer. Yes, if you dropped a frog into boiling water, they would try to jump out. So other people who come to our house... And, and would suddenly be in the middle of one of these situations, would be like, ah! And what the heck is wrong? Screaming with their hands waving in the air. Right. You know? And we're kind of like, okay, no, you can't, you can't shoot your brother, and I need to give your guns a timeout and 
course, they're, they're a long time out. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time out. Of course, he had a couple somewhere else, but... Yeah. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. So things that that we've gotten used to that are not things you really should get used to, but we have to deal with them on a daily basis. So there's no way around that factor. Our frog's going to be boiled. Yeah. But and the awareness. We the need awareness. To, we need to have the awareness. and We got some paperwork in uh, the preliminary... Uh, assessments. Assessments for this IEP, this meeting with the school faculty, that the same thing happened with number one four or five years ago when mm-hmm. he was first qualified for services as autistic, and he's very high-functioning. But, again... But our, he can't get a cookie tray out of a bottom drawer of an oven. No, he can't. <laughs> or get it back in, which is worse. And he, he can't had... get it back in. That's even harder. <laughs> high-functioning, except for 3D. <laughs> which can... we have practiced more and more 3D with him over the last few years. We have, and, I mean, this kid can program video games this kid can play a stand-up bass like nobody's business but this without kid... practicing it ever and we swear he never practices no, we know. no it sits there in the case in his room he's about to fail the class but he could go out and work just fine with the when it's time for the concert symphonies and the concerts he'll and do it he could you know hook up with some of the professionals in the area easily he writes music he does but on a, you know re- regular basis but then when it comes to these things on these checklists, like how often does your child blame others for their problems? How often does your child threaten violence? How often does your child lie to get others in trouble? How often is your child violent? And some of the questions are things that are other developmental issues, like if they can read or do they understand when they read? Well, he can't read, so he can't understand it. And that's very frustrating for him. Yes. So some of those things, both of the boys are aware of. And some of them, for them, they're very used to them as well. Yes, they've they gotten used to coping, and so other they don't notice their deficiencies. Right. You wanted to go somewhere with that, I imagine. Well, it, it really is just a reality check when you realize, oh, this water's starting to bubble. What, hey, the, what's going on? The, the frog fell off the bones already, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. And and um, we feel glad when it's less frequent, when we say, oh, there's only been one I hate you meltdown today. No, I kill you meltdowns. No, anybody should die meltdowns. We're, no, we're no, happy. No, no death threats and no suicide threats all week. Oh, my goodness. It's a miracle. Yeah. This is a good thing. And... All we can do is keep utilizing our resources and our services. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to change the temperature of the water here. No. No, it it won't. More frogs will be thrown in, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But more frogs can absorb more heat. I don't know. (laughs) Not sure if that was a good comparison or not. (laughs) I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that's going to help. No? They'll still all be boiled. No. That's no fun. So. But we do. We make silly jokes because it's how we cope. Humor is a good coping mechanism as long as you don't hurt anybody. It's a highly functioning coping mechanism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't kick anybody's ass with it. 
My eyes are going back and forth. I'm thinking. <laughs> we don't say these things in front of the children. We don't no. laugh at the children while they're there. No, we just go in the other room, mutter to ourselves enough and hear each other and then, you know, laugh at each other and say, oh, okay. And occasionally a kid will say, quit laughing at me. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at your dad. Making a stupid-ass joke about you. <laughs> but we don't want them to feel badly. No. We just, we want us to feel better, too. We yes. don't We don't want us to feel badly, and it's good, good coping for us. So all these serious things that we joke about, this is why. Yes. This is why we do it. Because um, we need to. Yes, we do. Yeah. So that that's our kids. Yeah. Right, right now, right this minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of them have gone to dad's because they have a week off of school, and um, we know that that'll be challenging when they come home. Yes, because dad's house is significantly less structured, and his frog is significantly more boiled. By by less structure, you mean none, or in the negative. That's that's technically less. Yes. School teacher will tell you there's a less than sign in between negative numbers and positive. <laughs> Um, I think that's, that's definitely hard for them too. Yes. But I know it's hard for, for you. Uh, I'm expecting it more. And when I'm on that side, you're expecting it more. And yeah. That's just how it works. Yes. I have to say that I'm, I'm almost grateful that number two's other mom hasn't been as available lately. Well, she's. Open, you know, well, she has been sick a lot, and that has caused us to restructure everything. Mm -hmm. And we found it to be very helpful for him. Yes. Um, to have exactly the same schedule every day. And it's better for her, too, you know, that works for her. But she's also cooperative in that manner because she wants what's best for him, not what's best for her. Yes. So um, <clears throat> he has that advantage over his siblings in that way. Which is good, because he needs some advantages by they this need, point. They need all the advantages they can get. And so, you know, that will continue to work no matter why, the, you know, why, why it will work. It'll continue to work because she'll cooperate with what's going to work for him. Right. And I, I think we did need to restructure. It's harder for him to do as many transitions. They can go to their dads for dinner twice a week and spend most of the time riding the bus there and maybe having dinner. And then coming home, um, he would go there and, you know, he's closer. There's no bus ride. Um, there's dinner of some sort. I, you know, I think at both houses they get more of what they want rather than what they need. But the transitions are not as easy for him. Right. The other two are more used to that and have the adaptability of it. He's less adaptable. So it's better if, he, if he's going to spend time with his mommy then uh, for him to do that on weekends, it, when, it's easier for, for everybody. When we can play damage mm. control afterwards. Yeah, he has some time to settle back in. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So. Kids. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. What, what else we've got is a lot of the same. Everything's kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of everything else is sort of chugging along if we talk about. Yeah, there's not much of an update. Oh. It's all good, but we do have... You got back to a new endo. I, I did, but it's not a new endo. Yes, it's the old endo, and 
and then new, new situation. Yes, we have a new situation with the old endo. <laughs> so to back up and hit the review button, rewind button on the situation with the endo, you had called there. And this this is the endo from the first podcast. We we had also Mr. Kind, Annoying, Mr. Annoying. Over there at the office. So office staff trouble and insurance issues and just not a hell of a lot of helpfulness. Yes. <clears throat> um, so you had gone to? I had gone to the clinic. Mm-hmm. And they got me started on my hormones. And that was good. And then it wasn't. So then I went to the new doctor. Mm-hmm. The new general practitioner. Yep. The new GP. And then um, the GP said we need an endo, which is fine because now... And I think we've mentioned this before. The advantage is now the GP can talk to the endo. So the doctor can talk to the other doctor, and they can have doctor talk and then be happy about it. Yay, doctor talk. Yes, and I don't have to figure it out. I can just deal with the GP, who's really super great to deal with. I love her. And and, and her MA is amazing. Yeah, they are. They're great. Speaking of which, I tell you, when I went in there last week for my sinuses, which I, I kind of figured I didn't need to, but... But at the time I made the appointment, I sure felt like I needed to. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I said uh, to the doctor, she's like, uh, you know, why are you here? And I said, well, my sinuses, but really I figured with all the stuff you've been doing, I better come in and pay up. So, <laughs> And she said, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, good. Good job, this Dad. This is good. I felt, I felt good about that. So. Um, so I got the appointment with the endo like probably six weeks ago or something because that's how that works. And the GP had referred you, and they were looking for an endo, and they couldn't figure out which one to send you to. And eventually, they sent you back to the one with Mr. Annoying in the front office. Yes, but I don't have to deal with Mr. Annoying because I'm not a new patient. And he only deals, he only annoys the new patients while they're trying to become new patients. Yeah. Unless, of course, he, you know, gets a different job there or something. Then he can annoy more people. But anyhow, um... So I went back there, and I wasn't sure what, what to think. You know, I'm going back, and I've already started my hormones. And, you know, really, it's my life. Nobody cares. They they don't need to care anyway. No, the doctors around here are not gatekeepers. They only need to know what I need. And what she was a little, she was goofy. I told you she was kind of funny. She had two medical students with her. Okay. And she was just kind of funny. Like, she says, oh, I'm going to. Sign the, I'm going to write you a, do you need a prescription? And I say, yes, I will be needing to get my prescriptions from her because that's what my doctor would like me to do. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay, I'll write you a prescription. But then she doesn't. So then I say, so are you going to write a prescription or call it? Oh, yes, I should do that. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then she said, do you need one for needles? And I thought, oh, that's good that she asked that because just in case, you know, right. last time they said, do you need them? And. If you have a prescription, it's just way easier. Give it to them. They get, you know, yeah. simple exchange. And uh, she made that out, and then she forgot to sign it or write numbers on it or any of that stuff. And so I said, so do you need to sign this too? And she's like, oh, yes, I shouldn't talk. it. So she was really kind of funny and goofy and uh, very different. Last time she seemed kind of grumpy. And she asked the question that the whole time the clinic wasn't asking, which was, so... How is that going? And how are your moods through the shot cycle, basically? 
Yes. And I was like, wow, that's great that you asked that. And so I am now in the 0.5 club. Milliliters. Yeah, because that's the standard that what she said is that's what most males having hormone treatment would have. Okay. That's the amount. And um, that should solve the recent concern I've had about. Your your moods were up and down. Yeah, again. we're getting a little up and down and a couple of days before being like, God, I wish it was shot day. So that should solve that problem. The nice thing about it, too, is because it is a little little bit more, um, you can go back down if you need to. And then I could call her and say, hey. This is not working. That's too much or something. You know, yes. if I'm having a problem, because I already know that she's looking for that. That's the thing she's looking for. Good. And then she asked me about changes. Mm-hmm. I gave her the laundry list of changes, and she was quite pleased with that because they were all on task. Good. Yes. Everything's going where it's supposed to. Yes. And here's your papers, and if you give them back, I'll sign them, if you tell me to. <laughs> so that was good. Are you furry? Is your voice dropping? Are your muscles bulking? Is your junk growing? She didn't ask me that. Oh. She just asked me what was changing or what. She framed it as to tell her what was happening or something. Okay. It was more like doctor talk. I don't know. You know how I am with those words. They slip my mind immediately, if not sooner. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Yeah. Um, And I I gave her the list. You know, I said, well, my voice is lower. And she shook her head in the way like, like she knew that. Because as you said last night, I have the trans guy voice. You you kind of do, <clears throat> and I don't think even if she had remembered your voice from before, she doesn't need to. You've got. That. I've got that. Yeah. You've, you've, I was yeah. wondering how does she know? She can't possibly remember me, so how does she know this? Well, now if I think about it, yes, that would be why. Yes. And you're not quite Munchkin, but you're 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 definitely in that range. Yeah, it's that. I want to call it like a buzzing sound. Yes, it's it's what happens when your vocal cords get thicker, but they can't get longer. Technically. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Said the voice teacher. Yeah. That's good. We all need to know this. Okay. And, you know, yes, I'm hairier and um, my muscles are getting bigger. And, and she said, good, good, good. That's what we want. Yes. Okay. And on our way. <laughs> So I, I have a, uh, she kept it simple. Also, what she did sign right away was a order to get blood work done in three months because she likes blood work every three months. My last blood work was three months ago. Here's an order. Just do this in three months. So every six months. Yeah. Three, okay. Three months from now. Yes. It will be six months from the last one. Yes. And um, trusted that I seem to know what to do about that if you, if she gives me the paper. Yay. I, I love when doctors actually expect you to be competent and sane and, you know, able to manage your own self-care. Yeah, me too. And so that's what I do. And she'll, she said she'll call me. When, when I do get blood work, she'll call me about the lab results. Yay. <clears throat> and uh, then I go back to her in six months. So I get blood work three months from now, but I see her six months from now. So we're just going to have this kind of overlapping Mm-hmm. Lab work thing. That makes sense. And that's fine. Yep. For me, and it seems to be fine for her. She's, okay. She was okay with that. Yay. How did the med students that were with her seem? The med students. Um, the first one, uh, 
was a female who was coming in to take down notes and ask questions and had to look up on her phone how to spell my testosterone. Cypionate or something like that. Cypionate, yes. I, I, she said, I have to look that up on my phone, and I said, I spelled it for her. I said, I can tell you, and I spelled it for her. And um, so that's not, you know, something that she's used to, all the drugs that you get used to as a doctor. If you're my doctors that I've had for a while, no names of certain drugs because they prescribe them often. These students probably rotate through doctors because right. this is at the university. So... um the other one was a guy, uh, he came in with the doctor, and he was standing there, and he looked like um, he could keel over and fall directly asleep, if not worse. He just looked like one of those really tired med, med students. Yep. They do that. It looks super serious, but really they're just trying to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't sleep much. No. So they were they were there. All right. Well, that's good. Yes. The one that came in and took notes went out to do something and came back and, and sat there and talked to me for a minute and seemed kind of curious as to what exactly is going on here. <laughs> she wanted to ask me about my junk. She did? Yeah, but she didn't know how to do that exactly. <laughs> and I like to let them flounder. <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. So I, I think it's fun to watch them, and I hate to say that it sounds bad and evil and well, mean. And and this is a doctor type person, but but her her method was not regular doctor like. So that's when I let people kind of flounder. Yes, and if they had asked it medically, you know. And so, um, have you noticed any changes to your genitals? I think she was more interested in what surgeries I had had. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So. Oh, well. Uh, she should check your charts. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I know. Details. Well, at that point, you know, the notes from the doctor were from last time that I had not had any surgery. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But Cause she did that... ask, when she came in to write about notes, she said, okay, the notes from last time say that you were going to have, look into... Surgery and a couple other things. And I said, yes, I've had surgery and, you know. Yeah. I, I had a, you know, double mastectomy. And this is the day I had it on and blah, blah, blah. So she knew that. I wasn't really sure what she wanted out of that question. Yeah. Except it was definitely curiosity. Yeah. Well, it, it seems to me that wouldn't all of that information be available on, like, isn't there, like, a statewide database of medical history? I don't know. They could get my labs because they did not have them, the ones that the doctor sent, and they, the nurse could go on the computer and find the labs. So that was great because I had forgot them at home. Oops. Because I had woken up at odd hours because the dog woke the kid up and the kid woke me up, and then I was just awake because my brain was going and that kind of stuff. I was ready to kick the dog. Well, we we need to close the room, and we know that. Yes. And we didn't close it, and if we don't, then he tries to go sleep next to a kid, and then she can't sleep because he's getting in the way, and, you know. Yeah. He wouldn't get out of the bed. Yes. 
because he's our smart one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One can't hear, one can't see, and one can't think. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and again, dark humor. I would not actually kick a dog. No, you wouldn't. You're no. Not, you're not that type of person. No. Mm-mm. People do joke about kicking dogs. Okay. Hopefully they don't, but I've heard people joke. Okay. About that kind of stuff. So. Yes. Uh, so I think that's it. That's probably it. It's, you know, not a good, good wrap-up ending, but that's that's still it either way. <laughs> <laughs> good. All right. Okay, so. That's it. Yep. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. And my watch doesn't have the words in front of me, so I don't know what they are. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to do that whole thing again? Go for it. No, do the whole thing. You're Jess, I'm George. Come on, you can do this. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.